This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. I've talked to him a couple times on the phone. He seems like a like an awesome dude. He, he's he's taking charge already. You know, we're, we're doing some group stuff and trying to learn the offense. But you know, just you know, I haven't watched a lot of tape on him. But obviously, I saw last year with the with the with the mania going on. He seems like a guy that the offense can wants to rally behind. You know, he seems like he's a kind of a fearless leader. You know, you need that when you're on the field and the bullets are flying and things aren't going your way you, you know you need that kind of guy that's going to take charge of the huddle and be like we we got this that is new jags tight end tyler eifert comes over from cincinnati talking about quarterback gardner Minshew, and it's interesting they've had conversations all the zoom stuff but uh for guys like eifert and Minshew and all these rookies mm-hmm. really hard to get to know you really hard to start getting the chemistry going it's going to be uh, a lot like potentially a lot like what Stuart was just saying with NASCAR. Hop in the car and go. <laughs> yeah. And it might be like that in football. There'll be conversations. But in terms of getting on that field, you'll have whatever training camp you have, and, and that's it. it. It'll be a lot less. And whether that matters or not, I still don't know. But we do know this. Players are creatures of habit, and that's different. And so their clock will be different. Will that make players uncomfortable? Uh, will be it's, an interesting study to see what happens. Listen, when you have the youngest team in the NFL, it's going to matter, okay? Um, depending how long this goes on. I mean, listen, the, the longer that the whole COVID-19 drags out where, you know, players can't go back to the stadium, players can't practice, the longer that drags out, the more it hurts the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because the only way, especially if you're a rookie, a second-year guy, the only way to acclimate yourself to the regular season is to play football, okay? Like, yeah, it's great to have the Zoom meetings and everything, and it's great to get the mental part of it, you know, the X's and O's, if you will, but there's no substitution for actually being on the field and going, you know, either through like a walkthrough pace or obviously going live. There's just, there's no substitution for that. Yeah, it it is interesting uh, how that will impact football teams, and you're right, they are a young football team. How will that impact chemistry? Uh, fluidity, knowledge of the offense, knowledge of the defense. People are different kind of learners. I mean, you know, you got to remember, some people will really like this stuff. Sure. This is, you know, being able to see it that way. But other people, you have to go out there and illustrate it to them uh, in in all walks of life, not just in football. And so it, it will factor into some of the, at least the uncomfortability, I think, early on for some players. I mean, am I wrong to think right now, like teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, Ah, 49ers are a little bit of exception, but like the, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Titans, teams that didn't really lose anybody, teams that kind of know how to go about things already, teams that have their you know starting quarterbacks obviously ingrained in the system already. Am I wrong to think that those teams have uh, a far, far greater advantage right now than any other team in the NFL? I would think they do. I would think they do. Uh, but sports are funny, you know, and I, I think we have – there is this chance – of and I've, I want to keep this open in my mind at least, and I don't know if it makes a lot of sense. I don't think it's as logical as as you're kind of saying, mm-hmm. but I think there is this chance, and I've always thought that OTAs and all this other stuff is just overdone. Do we need it? Does it have to happen? Does it really change how you would play? What if the Jack? I mean, how much would it say if the Jaguars were to come out and play pretty decent football and okay and be on the same page in the first month of the year? And get a couple of wins in their offense under new offensive coordinator Jay Gruden with all these new parts and this defense with a new philosophy and new players and pretty much a remake play pretty well. And I don't know what the categorization of well is, yeah. 
but win a couple of games. Wouldn't it throw all that crap out the window? Like, wouldn't it make you wonder, do we need this stuff? Do we need months and months of OTAs? Do we need mini camps? Do we need rookie mini camps? Mm-hmm. Doesn't well, it, wouldn't it make it? Now, they've extended this virtual window. So you're getting at least some of that tutelage. I'm not discounting that. But I think it would really – I could see myself sitting here in mid-October if they're playing football games and the Jags are 2-2 two and two and looking pretty decent. I would bring that up and be like, did we really need all that for the last however many years, the way they've done it? Listen, if you look at the youngest teams right now, Brent, um, I, I see where you're coming from when you're saying do you need the OTAs, things like that. But you you do need it for the young guys, okay, because the jump from college football to the pros, and I don't care if you're an SEC guy, if you're a Big Ten guy, or if you're a Murray State OVC guy, or if you're a D3 school guy, okay, doesn't matter. Like, the jump from the college game to the pro game, it's drastic, okay, and it takes time to develop, you know, that mindset to get ready for a regular season. Now, yeah, some guys got it easier than others, but everyone's got to make that jump, okay? And we talk about, you know, young teams, if you should be nervous or not. Last year, youngest team in the NFL, Miami Dolphins. Second youngest, the Bucks. Third youngest was the Browns. One could say those teams all kind of, you know, struggled last year, to say the least. Now, keep in mind, if you have a struggling team, that means the turnover is going to be there, so you're going to have younger guys in the draft and whatnot. But still, I mean... It is telling from this, the fact that the longer this drags on and the longer that those guys aren't in the field, you know, getting acclimated into what life like is life like in the NFL, the longer I think the Jaguars will be at a disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, I, I, listen, I, again, I think from a logic standpoint, you're not wrong. Yeah, especially when you're talking about a new defense, supposedly, a new offensive coordinator, um, a quarterback going into a second year, and a whole slew of new rookies. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, how about this one? Do you like the idea of crowd noise being pumped in from Fox? Joe Buck says it's coming in virtual fans. I wonder if I could put myself like. First of all, let me ask you. Can I be a virtual fan and like I can make my own? Like, can you make your own? Can you make your own Brent as a virtual given, fan and put me in just section? Just giving Sean Payton the finger the whole time and like just calling him out. <laughs> can you put me in section two hundred three? They're at TIAA. I mean, now yeah. that would be cool if I could create my own virtual fan, send it to Fox, yeah. and they put me in the stadium. I yeah. I think that would be kind of fun. Did I just let make something you, up? Yeah, you did. But let, let me ask you this question, though. Are you Because I, I have to know what I have to address here and where my mindset's going to be for this conversation. How do you feel about it, first of all? Uh, don't like Are it. You, thank you. Okay, I don't like it because, uh, listen, here's what you always do in this stuff. You mm-hmm. say, I don't like it. That's stupid. That's right? ex- that, that, that was exactly my reaction this morning. That's, of course it was. But exact when, quote. But when Fox tried probably a bunch of things like get that damn scoreboard off my screen when they did that mm. way back mm. in the day you know how many people mm. said that's so stupid why is that there it's different Brent. well it's now we so couldn't different. watch a game we couldn't watch a play it's without so, the scoreboard this is, this is not even the same realm no but the, it is though that's it's what not, happens Brent. yes that's what happens they try fox tries things and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't i'm just saying i, I my first reaction is that's dumb Correct. Because, well, what did we just – I'm intrigued by listening to the game up close and closer than I've ever heard it before. You're taking it away. As a viewer, and you're taking that away. You're taking it away. Listen, do you know why Seinfeld's the greatest sitcom of all time? Mm, Jerry? Well, it's Kramer? because it's because when the laugh track went off, it was warranted. Like, when people were laughing in the live studio audience, that made sense. When you have laugh tracks of shows like The Big Bang Theory and Friends and things like that – I hated those shows because the, the audience would be laughing. I'd be like, that's not funny. 
I get the joke, but that's not funny. I never once did that with Seinfeld. Every other sitcom that had like the, the live studio audience or the laugh track, I always did that. Well, I always questioned it. Football, it's the same thing. Like, you're seriously going to tell me you're going to pump noise into a stadium with zero people so it comes across on TV and it's not going to rub people the wrong way? Like, all of a sudden, we have to be told when to cheer. We have to be told when we're sitting at home, like, well, that was a good play. Let's go and cheer it up. No, man. Like, you're taking away the coolest thing that you could have had where you give the -the behind-the-scenes access, where you peel the curtain back, and you can hear the field access. That's what people want, Brent. We hear it all the time. People want the behind the scenes. People want the in-depth interviews. People want to go on Instagram live and see what players are like off the field. You had a chance to do that, but now you're going to cover it up with crowd noise. Manufactured crap crowd noise for no reason. I think I think it's I think it's the dumbest thing ever, honestly. I think it's it's a dumb thing for football. Um, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I think it's going to it's going to come across as a nightmare and this isn't just me trying to pile on something that's, you know, the cool thing to do or you on something, I literally think you're going to ruin a cool thing by hearing what could happen on the field. Well, I think you're, you're probably not in the minority. I think most people would say that, but I also think you're you got to at least allow yourself to say maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. You know, the birds chirping from CBS during the Masters. Once people said it, those are fake or some of it's fake. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh. They didn't mind it when it when they didn't know it was fake. You know, they didn't mind it before that. So, but Brent, I, you don't watch the Masters and expect to see birds chirping. <laughs> you hear it. It's like, it's, just, it's it. part of the subconscious. Yeah. But so will they it. make the crowd part of the subconscious? But if you're watching a football game and someone scores a touchdown, they celebrate, they're going to cut to the guy in the end zone and you're going to hear a crowd noise, no one's going to be there. It's going to throw you off your senses. Listen, again, I've, I've got to come at you from this point of view. I am a big we did We did this on the show. I think it was last week. I think there's a great opportunity here to watch the game live with no crowd, with nothing else, and hear just the violence of the game, the cracks of the helmet, sometimes the cracks of the bones, the swearing, the whatever, the conversations. Now, of course, you're going to have to monitor all that, uh, which which – it might be part of this reason. It could become very difficult to do yeah. for broadcasters. That might be more intensive than we think it is. It might just not be doable. Mm-hmm. So that's why they that Fox feels like they might have to do it this way. But I also, in this industry, I'm a huge believer in that subconscious. I believe there are things that we do or we try to do in, uh, say, radio or television that you really don't tell the viewer or the listener, and if you did, it would sound stupid, but there's a belief that as you're watching, it makes it more comfortable. As you're listening, it might make it more comfortable. And so I'm wondering if Fox is kind of going about it that way. Like, it won't be in your face. It won't be like laugh track, wrong spot, whoops. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wonder if there will be almost like, it's almost like the 16th, 17th, 18th holes at TPC Sawgrass during the players. For golfers, where there's this constant murmur, you know, and sometimes there's an eruption at 17, but there's this constant noise. And that's in a world of golf where everybody's used to this constant quiet. You know, what we are as viewers, we're used to some kind of noise, some kind of ambient sound. And so is Fox trying to implement a little bit of that. Uh, could they potentially overdo that? Yes. I wonder if it is more that that's what's making me think it, it might be worth more of a try of it and might be more successful mm-hmm. than it sounds uh, at face value. See, I and granted, it's two different sports. I compare it to MMA, right? 
MMA came off pretty good for UFC 249. It came off pretty good, um, you know, the, this past night on Wednesday in terms of no crowd there, right? Like, yeah, it was a little different at first, but I wasn't watching those fights thinking, like, wow, this is so different about the crowd noise. Man, I, I was locked in. I was ready to roll. So once again, I mean, I get trying to add the audio aspect, you know, hit, hit that audio sense, right? Because, I mean, you, you have your visual, what you see on the field, and you have to add to the sense of, of hearing things. But to me, once again, that's where micing up the players comes in handy because they wear pads. Brent, you've been to a million practices. You know how loud those pads are, right? Yeah. Like when when a play is snapped and those linemen collide, it's loud, man. So put the mics on the players, mic up those pad hits, and you're gonna have your you're gonna have your stimulus. You're you're gonna have your senses catered to the sound of football. Like that's what I want. I don't want manufactured. I want a hundred percent authentic. Because I think if you start manufacturing stuff, man, you take away the glory and the greatness of the game. Listen, remember this conversation, okay? And remember where you stand on it. And then let's talk about it again a month into it. Yeah. And where maybe CBS and NBC and others are not doing that and kind of giving us the authentic, real version. And maybe Fox has kind of given us the, the listening senses, uh, the hearing senses of, of that at a, at a tolerable level, a subconscious, as I kind of think of it, mm-hmm. level. Let's just want, I just wonder. I yeah. wonder cause, because, again, some of these things at face value, they sound atrocious. Yeah. Uh, but then sometimes it works. And Fox has been innovative in that sense. And they've swung and missed sometimes, too. But they've also hit home runs on some of it. So I just wonder where, how they're going to attack it, how they're going to execute it. The fake fans thing is kind of goofy to me. Oh, although yeah. I, I believe if you could somehow so find bad. a way. It's not bad. If you seriously could find a way to reach the fans and do what I just said, like, that would be golden. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. like, if I could put... Brent, Steph, come on, Ty, Kaylee, and me in Section 203, and I could help create that? <laughs> You're out of your <laughs> It'd be mind. great. Oh, yeah. I, I had to come across the NFL draft when those cities were cheering for their teams. Did you really care? Did, when Roger Goodell was saying, all right, Jets fans, come on, boomy, boomy. Like, did that affect you at all? Because it didn't do crap for me. It didn't do, but here's where they missed on that. Goodell tried too hard to be interactive with that. It also was fine when it was just in the background. But, but, in my opinion. But to me, it wasn't a game changer, though. No, it wasn't. Like, the, to me, it wasn't like, oh, wow, the, the, like the, you know, they have the fans on the TVs. That's so cool. Like I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. But again, I thought they, they brought too much attention to it. And that's what I'm talking about, the subconscious. See, that one would have worked better to me as a subconscious thing. Mm. Rather than this graphic behind them, behind Goodell, the yeah. whole time of, say, in the draft. Yeah. Instead, you had this fan presence, and you're just kind of, it was just part of the visual. But so he like, made it. What, he tried what did to you make want it to do, thing. though, then? Like, what, 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 what do you want that visual to be, then, for the draft? What did you want? Oh, the, the visual of it was fine. I just didn't like okay. the interaction of I Goodell try, because he was trying to be funny at times. It's just he's not that. He's too quirky. No, he's, was, he's, too, he's just that, not that, that guy. Like SNL monologue gone bad what? many, many times over. You know, listen, it doesn't work. Like, if Ryan Seacrest was hosting the draft <laughs> and he wanted to interact, it would work better. Yeah. But it still wouldn't have worked. Yeah. It just wouldn't have been good. It was ten times worse with Goodell doing it because he's got no personality to begin with. Yeah. So... It didn't work, but my point was the subconscious of just having those guys back there wouldn't have bothered you. Yeah. It bothered you because Goodell tried to make it more of a thing than it was. Well, let me ask you this. In my opinion. Is there a liability concern of the NFL because what do they always preach? They preach player safety. Now, do I believe that? Is that the number one priority of the NFL? <coughs> Cash. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> think what you want to think about that. That's another story for another day. But in terms of... 
you know, those bone-crunching hits. And in terms of miking up the players as loud as possible, you can hear every single play. When the ball is snapped, those linemen engaging, you hear the thud. You hear the crack of the helmets. Is the NFL kind of worried about that from a health standpoint and maybe a bad optic standpoint where it's like, well, yeah, this is a violent game, but we don't want it to come across as this violent. That's a great call, man. And I don't. But are they worried? Yeah, yeah. I think they could be. Yeah. I think they could be. Yeah. You know, listen, the if if moms, which I think moms do, <laughs> Good call. watch that game. Yeah. And they hear all that. It's a great point. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait a minute. My kid, my kid is trying to do that. Like he Take wants away the to football do. Football side, I'm going to gymnastics. He wants to do that for a living. Yeah. Wait a minute. What are we doing here? Go yeah. play baseball. Yeah. You know, go play basketball. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. I didn't one I didn't really think of, but a serious one, regardless of this situation, already over the last handful of years because of yeah. concussions, yeah. because of CTE. It's a ser- You know, youth football is what? It's down. Correct. You know, there are less and less playing. I'm not saying they got a huge problem. I still think there are plenty of people playing. But it's down. The numbers are down mm-hmm. because of safety concerns. That's a valid point. Didn't think of it. That's a great one. And I, I think you're right, though. I think it could come off as well. the same thing in, in essence. See, my watching the UFC last night, mm-hmm. you know, Saturday here in Jacksonville, uh, give my, Steph and the kids don't really watch a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, I don't watch a lot of it. Sure. But if you're watching it, the your your action, your reaction to it, you have to get by these initial stages of, oh, my gosh, this is barbaric. Yes. Right. Correct. They didn't care if there were fans or not. Correct. But they did notice it was barbaric. They did. Right. Yeah. It was bloody. It looked like it hurt. It looked. It was the reason we had our topic yesterday. Mm-hmm. What's more violent to yes. the performer, to the to the athlete? Yep. Football or UFC? And I was now, very adamant about if football. I asked Mike. Kids that Saturday night, UFC. they would say UFC. If I ask people, they say UFC. Now, your explanation of it that said NFL makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And you've done both, so you know. But it's really a good point, uh, what you just said. Because eh, dads will be like, look at this. You know, it's unbelievable. Come on, son, give me another beer. Let's go. <laughs> we got some bone rattling hits. Meanwhile, yeah. mom's about to send her kids to a high school practice <laughs> yeah. after hearing that stuff. You know what I mean? And, so, and really, I don't mean to stereotype moms no, and dads no, like no, that. Yeah. But, you, but you get the point. I think yeah. it's a pretty good point. Do you want to come across as this oh, barbaric man. sport when you do preach player safety? So here's the thing with the UFC, though. If the crowd noise was was there, and if the crowd was there for that Tony Ferguson fight, right, and then that was really the, the highlight um, of that night, right? Like the, that's where you saw MMA Florida was. You know, it, it could be a blood sport. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And it's violent. Like I always call it, it's the beautiful violence. I call it the ultimate art form. But I'm not naive to say there's going to be blood and then there's going to be damage taken. So I'm not naive to that. But I think even if you add the crowd, Brent, that actually maybe ups it up a little more, right? Because imagine Tony Ferguson taking all those shots. Imagine Tony Ferguson, you know, where I was like, man, throwing the towel, that guy's done. Now imagine a crowd cheering for that, okay? And if you're a viewer at home and you hear that, it's like, wow, they're, they're, I can't believe they're actually cheering for this. So I make an argument and say, is it actually more of a, a quote-unquote blood sport to the casual fan if the fans are in the crowd cheering for it? But now here's where I stand on the NFL topic, you know, and – does it send the wrong message of if you do have the mics on the field and everything, no crowd noise, and you hear these hits, does it send the wrong message to the youth? Does it send the wrong message to, to parents? And does it send really the wrong message to the game of football? And I'll be honest, I'm torn, right? Because 
you know firsthand that's what it is, okay? You, you said you wouldn't, you wouldn't take a million dollars to go play a play of football or a drive or whatever. You, you said it many times on this show. And people want to call you crazy, but you say that because you've been on the field, Brent. You, you've heard those sounds. You've seen the injuries. So you know what it's all about. People don't really know what it's about sitting, you know, in Section 205 or whatever like that. Like, they think they know, but they don't. So I'm kind of torn because, to me, if you try to mask the, those hits and if you try to mask all that sound, well, you're essentially masking something that's always been there. Yeah, yeah. Right? But you, you don't want to show the audience because, what, you're afraid because you, you want to come off as, as, as good optics, quote-unquote. But I'm here to tell you, like, it doesn't matter, man. That's the way it's always been. So what are you trying to hide? But the other side of me is, well, you know what? I get it, right? Because... If, if you are that mom or if you are that dad watching with, with your family, watching with your son, maybe watch with your daughter, who knows, and they want to play football, and then you hear some of these hits, and, and it's reinforced. And keep in mind, these are the top 1% of the 1% in terms of physicality, in terms of athleticism, in terms of football player, but still, it's on your TV, it's in front of you. It's a hard thing to sell to say, all right, son, let's go practice in the backyard, let's go run some of those routes because that'll be you one day. It's hard to have that conversation. Yeah, and quite frankly, I'm not sure if the kids even watching, if they're of yeah. age and the right age, uh, they're they're be like, wait a minute, I want to go there. Yeah, <laughs> you no, know, yeah. it's a great that's a great point. I, I didn't think of it. It was a great point and one that you do wonder if the NFL wants to monitor. Like, so is this a Fox decision or could it be an NFL decision in terms of how the games are presented without fans? Something yeah. that uh, we can continue to talk about as we get closer and closer. want to give a senior shout out here on the show on a Thursday on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Adriana Cazares, a Fletcher Senior High School senior. Uh, her grandmother sends it in, says, so proud of this 2020 class president, a great student, a big heart and a wonderful person. Congratulations to Adriana uh, for for her graduation from Fletcher High School, a salute to all the seniors, a senior shout-out. You can send a senior a shout-out as well, ESPN690.com. Go there, give us the information, put their name in, uh, give them a little bit of a message, and we'll share it here on the show, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN690. We've got a few topics to get into still. Real quick, though, USC last night. Yeah. Did they pull it off again? Uh, that yeah. last, that the main event fight was. Yeah. Wow, why didn't they stop that? Right. Exactly. Speaking so, of violence. Yeah. So did UFC pull it off? I mean, I think to a casual audience, they absolutely. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's my issue. It wasn't on regular ESPN. It was only on ESPN Plus. It was. So you talk about ESPN, who's hurting for sports content, who's who's, who's hurting for live sports, and you put the card on a Wednesday night on ESPN Plus. How does that work? Oh, cool, yeah, let's go watch the Red Sox-Yankees game from 2011 while we have live sports on ESPN+. Plus. Once again, ESPN, I'm not hating on you guys because you guys are kind of paying the bills a little bit, and I have a free ESPN Plus subscription. It's great. But um, I'm saying, what, what, what were you guys doing? What were you thinking there? So I didn't like Wait that. Wait yours is free? Well, I'd use it from <clears throat> years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, now that that's on the table. <laughs> Mine is not free. Now that that's Continue on the table, on. We're, we're, um, we're um, really... <laughs> You know, eating from Brett Martin's bowl, right. if you why, why are my favorite teams the Milwaukee Bucks? <laughs> Detroit Red Wings? I know, Detroit right? Red yeah, Wings yeah. on my ESPN yeah, page. You, you got a little more update up there every once in a while? Yeah, sorry about that. Well, no, that's on the table. Uh, back to the fights. Listen, there were great fights once again. Um, a, a, lot of, a lot of knockouts is what you want, you know. But How did they not stop the one fight? The main event. The guy All knocked right. his teeth out. Glover Teixeira and Anthony Smith. I'm just going to say this, and once again, I, I don't like being critical of cornermen or fighters because I've been in there. I know how it goes. But if your fighter comes to the corner after a round 
and he's spitting out his teeth like chiclets or Tic Tacs, and he's not he's not making eye contact with you as you're trying to talk to him, that fighter wants out. Okay, now they call Anthony Smith the Lionheart for a reason. The guy will never quit. Okay, the, the guy will go on his shield and die before he says I quit or I tap. Okay, so props to him for doing that. But it's the corner's job to realize that to say you know what. He's not looking me in the eyes. He's not making good eye contact. This guy wants a way out. Yeah. I'm going to throw him the towel. He took a beating. They didn't do that. Fractured orbital, fractured uh, nose, lost, I think, three teeth, and uh, other injuries as well. To sure, you can hear him during the thing. He, apologized, he apologized for beating him yeah. up so badly. Yeah. Man, I mean, listen, sometimes your job as a cornerman is to win fights, but it's also to save the fighter from himself. And they didn't save Anthony Smith last night. Did they really keep milk by the by the cage, like Conor McGregor said? Did you see that tweet? Yeah, I, I never heard of that. Yeah, he said they keep milk. I guess, but who's losing teeth in anime? But you got a mouth guard. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's um, crazy. He was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when we come back, some of the best images... Uh, in sports history, uh, like Bobby Orr flying through the air for the uh, Boston Bruins. What other ones come to mind next on ESPN 690? Y'all got to understand, too, because y'all going to be like, bro, Blake, play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It 100% should be a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25%. On top of that, it's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? All that money's gone. And now I play risking my life. You don't believe that's Blake Snell, do you? Well, I'm looking at his picture and I'm hearing what he's saying. It, it, it doesn't line up, all right? Sorry. doesn't line up at all. He, he, he looks like Ryan Braun's like, younger cousin who <laughs> dropped out of high school. Hey, listen, if we didn't have the video uh, elements of this show... Nobody would ever imagine how handsome and, and uh, athletic I look either. So I, I get it. Well, hey, I mean, the, the, the guy won a Cy Young, so who, who am I to say uh, based on his looks and everything? People used to tell me all the time that I sound shorter than I am, which I always thought was weird. <laughs> That's so weird. I never understood that. I do so, get a lot of that for TV. Like, you look so – it's so, not a lot of, like, the, the you look chubbier. Like uh, everybody says, the camera adds 10 pounds. Yeah. I don't yeah. get a lot of that. I mean, sometimes people say it. I think half the time they're joking. That's me. But uh, they do say a lot shorter or taller. Like a lot of people really? say you, you look short. You are shorter than you yeah. look on TV, huh. which I guess is is re- we all kind of look the same size on TV for yeah. the most part. So uh, all they say to me is there he is. Yep. <laughs> there he is. What's up, man? Kuz, do you think it's because like and I, I don't want to be mean here. OK, but oh, like, boy. but OK, for instance, because like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> in all honesty, in yeah. all honesty, with, hey, with all due respect. OK, uh, by the way, when someone says with all due respect, yeah, there's zero respect uh, about to come. Here, 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 here That's where we're at. And keep in mind, it's just you and me tomorrow, so let's try to have some chemistry for tomorrow, too. But, like, do you think people say that? Because, yeah, your voice is, like, a little higher pitched. So, like, Probably. You, so you think of, like, the lollipop guild from, you know, um, Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah. So then do you think people have that preconceived notion when they hear you and then all of a sudden they see you? It's like, whoa. Yeah, this, it's this weird. People are, like, people are like, when you talk, I think you're walking down the yellow brick road. But go. when I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doing the dance? Can we get doing the march? We, we gotta get a promo out of that. I mean, can we steal something from the Wizard of Oz and match that up? I mean, I'll make the damn promo the for this one. Lollipop Guild. Yeah, I like that man. 
Sorry. Uh, whatever. Uh, I, the greatest part I of there was almost Coos kind of welcomed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Be honest, it. is the first time you heard it or not? You probably heard it before, haven't no, you? No, I haven't heard that before. Okay. I have okay. been, like, I could show you guys videos I have. Like, my mom has videos of me, and I'm talking, I'm in, like, 11th grade, and the voice is really high. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm not far off from you, man. That's it. That, I, I'm the same way. So hey, You know what, dude? Coos, you just be you, man. You own it, and I respect it, man. It's, it's just a voice. Who cares? All right. So anyway, that was Blake Snell. I mean, I'm getting paid for it. So. <laughs> right. Blake Snell, who has like a $50 million contract, Cy Young Award winner for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. I think uh, putting his life on the line. I know life on the line. Life on the line, though, huh? What are we doing here? Like, do you think he was fully sober during this? He's playing a video game on Twitch. He does this a lot, like the streams. Yeah. And here's the thing. Okay, I said this the other day. This is where baseball is going to have a big problem. Fans want to see sports. Correct. Baseball fans want to see baseball. Baseball fans don't have time for this. Sports fans don't have time for this. No, they don't no, feel you, bad for you. You are not an ambassador for baseball. Sorry, man. But I think at the same time, are you wrong? Okay? So I had this conversation today. Ty's a Rays fan. Ty's a Blake Snell fan. Uh, I was having So I showed uh, Steph and the kids. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, Steph's like, kind of like all of us reacting like, are you serious? And here's what comes out of the conversation, though. I said, okay, what if our company asked me, they, let's just say, for, I'm just going to throw numbers out there. Our company makes $25 million a year. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, uh, Brent, we need you to take like a, a two-thirds pay cut. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, really? You, well, you, okay, tough times. Be, but you're going to be upset, though. You're not going to be happy about it. That's what I'm saying. Tough yeah. times. Yeah, okay, I get it. Uh company says, yeah, we're only going to make $15 million this year. Mm-hmm. It's like, and so I have to lose two-thirds of my salary. So I can hardly pay my mortgage or whatever, but you're going to make $15 million? Like, yeah. that's why I have to do it? Mm-hmm. And so my point to that is, is he completely wrong in principle? See, I, I think there's this thought that Major League Baseball owners are going broke. Now, some of the teams are going to have a, a lot harder time with this, and Tampa might be one of them, to be honest, yeah, because they're a lower revenue team, a smaller market team. But I don't think anybody's going bankrupt here. But I, I think it's just a matter of how much money you were making versus how much money you are going to make. Hey, got to be careful with some of the big salary guys. And that's what I thought it was interesting from Ty. I said, Ty, so how do you feel about it? He's like, I think Steph first said, like, um, hey, you got to have a – why don't there just be a threshold then? Like if you're making over a certain amount of mil, uh, money, then you've got to take a cut and maybe mm. a bigger cut. Mm, yeah. And. I mean, quite frankly, I think that's what people have argued about taxes for a long time. I was just going to bring that up. But, yeah. but even in Ty's 15-year-old mind who really doesn't care about all that kind of stuff, he's like, yeah, why don't they – if you're making this amount of money, then, yeah, take a cut. Now, if you're only making three hundred grand to play and you're you, like a – You don't make a yeah. – Well, then maybe you take a cut but not 70% of your pay. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what – I like to get that perspective sometimes, especially around this, because it's not preconceived. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of coming straight from wherever, where we think. I'm not saying the 15 year old's always right, yeah. but it comes without preconceived notions. Uh, this is more complicated than people want to admit. But the big story here is people don't feel bad for you, Blake Snow, and well, it's certainly not life or death. So don't frame it that but, way. But, That's well, stupidity. He, see, he's trying to frame it with the coronavirus. He is. You know, but, but, and, but if he gets listen, it, it's not life and death. The numbers show well, us I know, that. But here's the thing, though. If you can have that kind of energy, 
that I'm going to say that every time I come home from work and my wife's like, hey, we have to go get oranges, we have to get apples, can you run to Publix? Well, I'm putting my life on the line here, sweetie. You better make it worth my while here. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the kind of energy I'm going to have then because I think it's more risky to go to Publix or to go to a grocery store than it is to go play baseball, okay? So he has the wrong mindset there. Absolutely. Okay? Like, that... Making seven irres- million dollars a year, you can't have a poor me mentality. Yeah, and see, I, I guess I'm kind of—I don't want to say I'm on the fence here because you hate that term. But like, I see what Blake Snell's trying to do, though. I understand like, the concept. He's of trying it. to lead the rallying cry to be like, we got to stand up for ourselves too. You know, we're workers too, we're employees too, and we deserve our fair share because of as much money uh, the owners make and the game of baseball makes. So I see what he's doing from that standpoint. But what I can't co-sign on is how you're going about doing this, okay? I was with you, Blake Snow. I, I was ready to ride with you, man, until you said that you're risking your life, okay? There's nurses out there. There's doctors out there. There's there's people in the medical field that are really risking their lives, okay? That, that Every single day they go to work, they risk their lives. And I don't think they're really asking for, well, we should get a pay cut or we should, you know, get more pay because of it. No, like, they go about their business. They do their job because that's what they do. Now, that's the healthcare. I get it. It's not baseball. But still, man, like... We talked about Yannick Ngakwe and the bad optics, right? When Yannick Ngakwe said he wanted more money and then how bad did that look across from people that are, you know, going through it right now, unemployment, everything like that. And I, 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 that wasn't a big deal to me. I, I didn't really care because that's a different set of thinking. But in Blake Snell's case, man, that hits home in my opinion. So I respect the way he's trying to, I respect what he's trying to preach, but he's not going about it the right way trying to preach it. Yeah. And uh, if I read in this correctly, too, so the question is, like, um, my thought, and actually the kids' thought on this, too, was what if they don't play? How much will they make? Yeah. And I think I just saw something, and hopefully this makes sense, but 4%, they have this, like, fund basically for players, and it'll be a tiered system mm-hmm. of how much you make. But I think what I'm reading here is 4%. Uh, let's see, the players agreed to an advance of $170 million, less than 4% of their total salaries in a full season, prorated salaries for whatever portion of the season is played. That's what they agreed to back on March, back in March. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now, because there's this new 50-50 revenue proposal, blah, 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 uh, some of that is changing. But 4% of his $7 million this year, if that's what he were to get, is like Mm $280,000. Is Blake Snell essentially saying... Hey, I'd rather skip the season and get $280,000 for not working and save my arm Mm -hmm. for an extra year rather than do this on an unscheduled kind of basis for a half a season that might not go along anyway just to appease fans and owners and everybody else. Could he potentially be saying that? They're going to get some cut of money anyhow. Yeah. Uh, So it's interesting where they're coming from. Again, this will fall so far off the charts of the fan. You can't relate. It's unrelatable. I'm not saying he's totally wrong like you are in principle. Mm-hmm. His attack on this is awful, first of all. And he's the players are going to blue so handsomely uh, in, in the public perception if they don't get back and play baseball. If they have the opportunity to. And they don't because of negotiations over money. It is just going to kill the players in terms of popularity. It could then kill the sport of baseball for however long again. It's but not see, going to be good. But this is Blake Snow, though. Okay, like you never hear Steph Curry, you never hear LeBron James, you, you never hear Giannis say this type of stuff. Okay, you wouldn't hear Mike Trout, probably even like Bryce Harper. Like I'm talking like the the, the ambassadors, the, the the big names of baseball. And no offense to Blake Snell because he's had a fantastic career in his own right. But 
you aren't you aren't at the forefront, in my opinion. Okay, like I'm going to go on the street and ask, hey, who does Blake Snell play for? Half the people are going to be like, "Who? I've never heard of what is Blake. What sport does Blake Snow play?" Okay. So with that being said, this is just one guy's opinion, and let's be honest, Brent. Every single professional athlete will have a different opinion about this. Oh yeah. I mean, so people are affected by it in different ways. Some people, like some athletes, are affected by it themselves with with COVID nineteen. Some probably have family members. Some probably have friends. So everyone approaches this topic in a different way. So everyone's not on the same page. But with Blake Snell, you went off the script. You went off the like, you know, the the charts here by literally and attacking people. Then right, and then, and then to to try to paint a pity party and to say you should feel sorry for me with what I'm going through. No, nah, man, the whole world's feeling sorry for themselves right now. We don't have time to feel sorry for you as well. So that's where I wish he would have, you know, thought about what he said before he said. Yeah, very very good take. Uh, by the way, PGA Championship in golf is supposed to start today in TPC Harding Park. Wow. Of course, it's been pushed back to August. Golf will get going in a month. A uh, couple more quick hitters here. We've been kind of talking about it and teasing it a little bit, and we're going to get to this one and not hold off till tomorrow. I wish we could. <laughs> we're images. Talk about. Yeah. Images of sports. You mentioned the Bobby Orr. What else comes to mind, and what makes it so great? Yeah. Uh, you know, Bobby Orr's has been so celebrated. That is a an awesome shot. You know, uh, Dennis Rodman. There's a shot of him doing pretty much a similar thing yeah. into the crowd, which really exemplifies how hard he played the game. Pete Rose, there's that great shot of diving into third base For sure. from right in line with Pete Rose's head first slide. Yeah. Charlie Hustle, man, that's the way he played the game. Mm-hmm. It personifies. One shot kind of personifies the way he plays the game, even though he's really the all-time hits leader, and that's what he's known for as well. Yeah. So what other images kind of just stick out in your mind and why are we in love with them yeah you know i mean to to me one that sticks out more than anything and they always say you should never mix sports and politics right and, and we saw that with colin kaepernick and just whatever side you were on like it was it was a polarizing topic well if you go back to the late 60s and tommy smith and john carlos you know when they raised their hands with those black gloves in mexico city at the olympics after they won their medals I mean, you want to talk about, number one, not only a a political statement, but just a powerful statement when the entire world is watching, man. Um, You you, you cannot beat that. Like, uh, on that scale, um, under those circumstances, like, to me, that that image will ever be, forever be iconic. Yeah, Yeah. I think of... uh, Photos in sports history, and that's that's one. And and listen, the kneeling down of Colin Kaepernick will Mm -hmm. play out in history as being a very strong image, not just Kaepernick, but other ones. Yeah. Because uh, you, you look at those images, you have to ask, how did it? Ch- like, what happened after that image? Though? Yeah, and that's why right? it won't live just yet like yeah. that, but it will potentially down the road. Exactly. Uh, you know, Sports Illustrated had this um, uh, greatest uh, images of all time. Cool. Look at this. How awesome is this one of Ali knocking down Cleveland Big Cat Williams? Yeah. Uh, and Whoa. we're not showing it to you, but I mean, it's this blimp view basically of Ali with his hands raised and uh, Cat Big Cat Williams on the deck well, sprawled out. And then the other one too I have right here was of, Muhammad Ali yeah. know, when he fought Sonny Liston and like the, I mean, there's, there's a, that picture's big for a lot of reasons. Number one, everybody counted Ali out in that fight. St. Louis was supposed to win. Ali knocks him out. It is what it is. But the reason why that picture's so iconic is because they couldn't get a picture of the knockout shot because it was so fast. Like, <laughs> like literally, when he threw his counter punch, like, the, the cameras could not pick it up. For whatever reason, the shutter speed or whatever it is, I'm not really technical, but like, they couldn't get a, a, a clear picture of Muhammad Ali throwing the punch. So that's why that punch where, or the picture where he's standing over Sonny Liston, he kind of holding his shoulder a little bit. 
that's why that picture became so iconic was because that's all they had from the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at what a Michael Jordan slam dunk contest. Oh, How about flying through the air? I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. There's so many good shots now, of, uh, whether it's LeBron James or whoever else, Ion Williamson. But I'll tell you one that will be underrated, and I think of it in this context. You almost remember the image more than the video. Okay. And that is when the United States women's soccer team oh, won Chastain. and Brandy Chastain takes the shirt, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the image of that. That's yeah. an image more than a video piece. But, I mean, that's like in modern day you think video. You think HD video. You think all these kind of, you know, slow motion and, and you don't lose any. It's not black and white. It's not yeah, grainy. Yeah. It's crystal clear. Yeah. Well, images were that crystal clear scene. You know, uh, when Ali's fighting, there's still kind of some grainy nature to that video. Yeah. Not in the picture. The image mm-hmm. is crystal, man. It's, yeah. It looks good. But that's what's interesting yeah. about those kind of images. Chastain is one that will stay in people's minds forever. Yeah. Uh, and and obviously that triumphant moment yeah. and the unusual nature of what she did. Yeah, you know, it, it's crazy, right? Because far before the the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jacksons, like <laughs> there was Brandy Chastain, and like, and, and I remember being a kid. I remember watching that match with my stepdad and my mom, and we're like, we're all gathered on the TV on the couch, like we're watching it, man. We're we're into it, you know, like let's go USA. And then she does that, and I remember thinking like, what? Like, my mom was like kind of taken back, and my stepdad's <laughs> like, what? Like we, we were all in shock, you know. Like nowadays, someone does that. Who cares? Yeah. You know, but like it was it was such a monumental moment, you know, and especially um for not only soccer but women's sports in general. Yeah, that's right. I mean like that that ushered in kind of like the, the, the new wave of, of sports no for, doubt. For, for 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 females. No obviously. doubt. Yeah. I mean somebody probably already has written yeah. on that, but mm-hmm. uh, or will write just how much impact you talk about now twenty years later. Yeah. Women's sports and how much it's changed and the power of women's sports now, United States women's soccer is still trying to get what yeah. they feel is deserved from them, mm-hmm. but they have helped change that perception. Uh, and definitely, uh, women's sports is as powerful as it's ever been because of kind of that movement moment and others uh, from Serena Williams, Venus Williams, and and I can count many more. Uh, here's here's another one for you in Jacksonville. You don't think of too many. I'm trying to think of like maybe a Jags moment. Yeah. Well, I was trying to get my my. Guy Logan Bowles, who's an NFL photographer and does yeah, a lot of yeah. the Jag stuff, yeah. just to kind of say what makes a great picture. Well, he's got a great shot of Ramsey dunking it over the goalpost nice. when he after he makes the pick against yeah. the Bills. I mean, it's an awesome shot, yeah. just tremendous. And that will be one that sticks out, I think, in in the Jacksonville memories, even though there's not this love affair with with Jalen Ramsey. It's just such a poignant moment. So. People from our generations, Brent, and obviously you're a little older than I am, but I think you, you can still fall in this category. You grew up with the posters on the wall, right? Yeah. You, you, you either took like you either took a scissors and cut out like Sports Illustrated pictures, like I did, like covers or ESPN co- covers, but you hung them on the wall. Who, who are some of your guys that you hung on the wall in, in you know in terms of sports that you you had in your wall in your bedroom? Oof, great call. Uh... Larry Bird. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I knew that one was coming. Larry Bird, and instead of dunking a basketball, just like shooting a three. Just this converse. Shooting a three. <laughs> uh, okay, listen. The greatest poster of all time is Bo Jackson oh, in with the shirt off, shirt off yeah. shoulder pads, well, and, and, and listen, baseball. And, and I showed you my senior picture before, I think, back in the day, where 
I kind of recaptured. Like, oh, yes, I, did it. No, I remember that. No, I, I was skinny. I was, I was about <laughs> 185 pounds, but that's what I tried to do as well. Yeah, so yeah, Bo that's Jackson was cool. That I know Jordan, but Jordan I didn't have. I'll tell you that like, again. I've said this many times. My room was more decorated, even more so than Larry Bird with Dan Marino stuff. Wow, I okay. had Marino stuff everywhere. I had like teal carpet. Yeah, I had Miami Dolphins everything. Sure. I mean, it was crazy how my room was. Uh, one we had moved a couple different times, but I remember one of my rooms. You know, one of the houses was just. All of Miami Dolphin stuff, yeah. essentially, probably a little Larry Bird stuff sprinkled yeah. out. Uh, and then I, I vaguely remember uh, some of the like a Wade Boggs mm-hmm. uh, and Nomar Garcia Parra, uh, those kind of guys, too. But I will say I wasn't a huge. Now, a lot of times with posters, a lot of people put musicians and groups. Of and course. I, I didn't do a lot of that. See, I was all over the place. Like I had Criss Cross. You remember Criss Cross? Yeah. So I had Criss Cross. Um, I had Shaquille O'Neal. And the, the, the Shaquille O'Neal poster was great because it was like him being life-size. And it was like the skyline of Orlando. He was like bigger than the skyline. So that was a cool poster. I, I had Ken Griffey Jr. I had the 97 Wings um, Stanley Cup poster. I took a picture together. So I had a bunch of posters as well. Yeah, and... I didn't. I guess we didn't answer. What makes it so great? Like, what makes those shots so great? And I, and I guess we're kidding ourselves if we don't say the historic moments, those poignant moments See, that are captured, are, are really usually to, take the cake. To, to me, it's like music, where if you hear a song, it, it reminds you of something, right? Same thing with a picture, yeah. where if you see that Brandy Chastain picture, you immediately go back to where you were when you saw it, right? Maybe if, if you see uh, like a Jalen Ramsey dunking the, the, the football, or whatever, maybe you go back to when Jalen Ramsey actually did that. Yeah. So it brings and you, you back that and it puts you in the time. Yeah, yeah that's a good call. Yeah. All right. Uh, you're flying solo. Well, you guys are going. Not solo. You got the show tomorrow. Brent's giving us the key to the car, baby. Keys to the car. Let's you know go. why? Keys to the car. Because exactly. I'm going to go help Kaylee get Best her of luck, permit. Kaylee. Yeah, you know what? Lux with unprepared. Good skill tomorrow, Kaylee. Good Absolutely. Skill. Yeah. Maybe I'll let her drive there. There you go. No, we're at least back. She probably should have it first. <laughs> no, I will not let her drive there. It's all safe, everybody. I promise. Uh, have a good rest of the night. Uh, make sure you watch CBS 47 and Fox 30. Austin and Coos tomorrow here on the show. And Austin gives advice if you are a rookie NFL player. Listen up around the league. It's tomorrow on ESPN 690.